evening. Sorry, we're having some more tech issues back there, right? And I'm not the guy to answer it, so thankfully Joey is back there to get it all working. So hopefully he's got it all working. Hopefully you had a good afternoon. We're excited. We got some extra special music tonight. We got a special speaker, and uh, so we're looking forward to our service tonight. Joey, is it working or no? It is not. All right, I'm going to pull up the announcements on my phone, okay? I'm not texting or anything, although Pastor does that in the service, so it's not a big deal, apparently. Just kidding. All right, let me pull these up then. Because um, we have a lot of announcements, and I'm going to fly through them. You heard them all this morning. Nothing new from this morning. Um, but we want to make sure we give you guys all the opportunities we can. Oh, boy, is it going to load for me? Let's see. There it is. Perfect. All right. A couple of announcements. We're going to fly through these, all right? So uh, bear with me as my phone loads, as we figure it out. If you're joining us for the first time here in person, please stop by our welcome desk. I know that one. That's one of the first ones. If you're joining us for the first time online, please go to svtnd.org slash contacts or fill out that QR code there, and that will help you out. All right, maybe if I go to Wi-Fi, that helps better. I guess we'll find out. Uh, I guess I can just start talking over the ones I know. Ah, here we go. Perfect. Uh, blankets for the nursing homes. We're still looking for them. you got two more weeks. The deadline is the 17th, so two Sundays from today, to stop by and give those in between the f two sides of the building or see Chuck and Beth Travolka as well if you have any, any info for that. Uh, then Jesus Came is our Christmas cantata. That is coming up two weeks from tonight. And so the choir has been working very hard. The actors and all that stuff has been working really hard as well. We're looking forward to it. Please be inviting. We have some extra cards out there. I think we put them on the welcome desk to invite. We can print more of those if you'd like. So please be inviting your neighbors, your friends, your coworkers. We'd like to have lots of people come to that. And then following that service, we will have our Christmas and carols thing. And that's when Pastor always tells that we're going to sing bunch of different songs, including Blue Christmas and that kind of stuff, all right? So if you're offended, you can just eat the cookies. If you're not, you can come sing with all of us, all right? But that's always a great time of fellowship at the church, but that'll be after the evening service. And so it starts at 6 o'clock on the 17th, then Jesus came. Our Christmas Eve service, we're going to have just a, two services that day, one at 10 a.m., no Sunday school, just one at 10 o'clock. So note the time change, now it's 1045, 10 o'clock to 11, and then again at 6 o'clock, which will be our regular extra specials and stuff as well. IFBF men's meeting is happening Saturday, January 13th. That is from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m., which means we will have to leave here around 8 or a little before because it's up in Muncie, and we'll probably get back around 3 or 3.15, okay? Um, so it's really an all-day thing, but it's for anyone teenager-ish, guy, and up. All right, it's an awesome opportunity. Mark Herbster will be the speaker. They always have pulled pork sandwiches. I don't know if they're going to change it this year. I hope they don't. Um, but they have that each year, and uh, it's a great time of fellowship and a great time to grow as men. Uh, there's usually 300 to 400 people there for that. And then our missionaries of the week, uh, Micah Self in the 1040 window. So he's an evangelist, as Pastor said, and his big prayer request is that the unrest, the civil unrest in, in Myanmar would become peaceful because that's the way he can get back. Right now he's kind of delaying his trip in order to be able to get back, um, but right now he's just not sure if he can make it back with all that's going on. And so just be praying for him that he, that's really where he wants to be. That's where the Lord's called him to go to evangelistic meetings there. Um, but with all the unrest, he hasn't been able to go back. So he's been in the States doing ministry here, uh, but he really wants to get back to where the Lord has called him. And so you can be praying for that. Have the ushers come forward at this time to receive this evening's offering and to pray for myself as well. I'll ask Brother Randy to pray for the offering and for myself. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the privilege of being here tonight. Thank you for our Savior, Jesus. Father, we just lift up all of those that might need to know Jesus personally. 
we just pray for the salvation of those that are lost. And then, Father, for all of our hurting ones, we have so many in our family of faith that are just going through some real trials. And I pray, O oh God, that you will just give them a special touch. Encourage their hearts. Give healing, Father, according to your good and perfect will. And then, Father, tonight we thank you for all of our missionaries. And we especially lift up Micah's self as uh, there's unrest. Our whole world seems to be in turmoil. And so we just pray for them tonight, those folks in Myanmar, that you will just encourage their hearts toward the Lord. And then, Father, tonight as the um, pastor preaches, I pray that our hearts will just be touched that you will encourage us from your word. We thank you now for this offering. We pray that you will bless it to further answer for your word and the gospel of Jesus Christ. In his precious name we pray. Amen. All right, good evening, church. We'll have you stand as we sing our first song tonight. God rest you, merry gentlemen.
anniversaries this last week. Anybody have a birthday or an anniversary this last week that we... Joseph, when was your birthday? Thursday. And how long have you done the Lord as your Savior? 25 years. Amen. Anybody else? Birthdays or anniversaries this last week. Who are we pointing to? William? William, when was your birthday? Yesterday? It looked like, Katie, it looked like you were pointing behind him. I'm like, who's behind him? I don't see... Yesterday was your... How old are you, William? 16. And how long have you known the Lord as your Savior? 12 years. Amen. Anybody else? Birthdays or anniversaries this last week? No anniversaries? Oh! Keenan, when was your birthday? And how old are you? 11. And how long have you known the Lord as your Savior? Two years. Praise the Lord. Amen. Anybody else? Birthdays or anniversaries? No anniversaries. All right, let's sing happy birthday to these young folks. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. God bless you. Happy birthday. David's coming on up, and I'm going to introduce to you our speaker, and our uh, we have a singer that you won't know tonight as well. Uh, so Dr. Frederick Boyd is the uh, president of the uh, Creation Expo, and it's a great opportunity for us to learn some things from uh, the book of Genesis, and he's going to tell us about what happens there. And uh, Brother Leroy Perrin, Perrin, I said that right, uh, is going to sing for us. You're going to be uh, blessed with his voice. You're going to just love it. And uh, so uh, when that time comes, I'm probably not going to reintroduce you, so there's going to be Doc is going to sing for us, then you're going to sing right after that, then you're going to preach, and I don't have to keep getting up here. You understand how this works? So you guys are on your own from here. If you're able, please stand for the reading of God's holy word. <clears throat> Psalm 95. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart, as in the provocation and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my work. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation and said, It is a people that do err in their heart, and they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. May the Lord sanctify us through his word. You may be seated. All right, Jonas, as we sing our next hymn tonight, it came upon in the midnight clear.
as we sing our last song tonight, How Dark the Night. prepared. My apologies. Um, Romans 2.10 says, when they saw the star, they rejoiced with it with exceeding joy. This talks about, obviously, the star of Bethlehem. This song's an old uh, Appalachian classic that uh, that I, I just love for several reasons. Matter of fact, this is the third Christmas that I have sung this song. And uh, my wife, Gail, said I shouldn't be embarrassed to sing three times in a row, but it's either that or Jingle Bells, so, uh, <laughs> I'll, so I'll, pick, I'll, I'll pick this. Um, the uh, Star of Bethlehem is interesting. It really thrills me because uh, um, the Star of Bethlehem obviously was over the Bethlehem the night that Jesus was born. It also is a convergence of the, of the uh, Jupiter and Saturn and it occurs every 800 years. That that thrills me. Last time was approximately three three years ago. And um, our buddy that's talking about science here later tonight will probably appreciate that. So, and uh, and by the way, his table out there is really interesting. And and uh, looking forward to his music here in a minute. Heard him practicing. Um, but your Christmas tree at home. I want you to notice tonight. How many times have a Christmas tree up already? 
Okay, how many have a star top the Christmas tree? Everybody. Uh, the star is not just another ornament. It's special. It, uh, it leads, the, led the wise men to Jesus, can lead your saved and unsaved friends to Jesus. And um, so it, it's very special. Um, tonight, when I sing, I want you to transpose yourself to a, a small church in Appalachia. Again, this is an Appalachian traditional song. Maybe in the mountains of Tennessee or Kentucky. Dark, dark night, Christmas Eve, but stars everywhere. Christians singing Christmas carols and uh, including this, this song. Beautiful Star of Bethlehem. Oh, beautiful Star of Bethlehem, shining afar through shadows dim. Giving a light for those who long have gone And guiding the wise men on their way Unto the place where Jesus lay Beautiful star of Bethlehem, shine on Oh, beautiful star, the hope of light Guiding the pilgrims through the night Over the mountains till the break of dawn into the land of perfect day it will give out a lovely ray beautiful star of bethlehem shine on oh beautiful star of bethlehem shine upon us till the glory dawns and give us a lamp to light our way unto the land of perfect day Beautiful star of Bethlehem, shine on. Oh, beautiful star, that hope of grace, for the redeemed, the good, the blessed, yonder in glory where the crown is won. Jesus is now that star divine, brighter and brighter he will shine. Beautiful star of Bethlehem, shine on. Beautiful star of Bethlehem, shine upon us till the glory dawns, and give us a lamp to light the way unto the land of perfect day. Beautiful star of Bethlehem, shine on, shine on. Good evening. I need your help. First of all, I'm scared, but I need your help. We're going to, in your hymnal, page 417. And I think you really knew it without your hymnal. 
I know you've been singing Christmas songs. Yeah. <clears throat> How many of you know this song? Oh, well, Pastor Ray, where you at? Okay, I can go sit down. They all know the song already. <laughs> when, I, when we get to the chorus, I will say it as well. What do you say? And then I'll say, with my soul. Then you'll say, then we'll all sing, it is well, it is well with my soul. Now let me ask you this. If it's not well with your soul, don't sing. If it's not well with your soul, don't sing. You listen. But to you who can say, it is well with your soul, I want you to really come on in there. Okay? Amen? Okay. Pastor Ray, I don't know why you have me up here. They're doing a good job. Yeah. 
my verse. And Lord, hate the day when my faith shall be signed. The clouds be rolled back as a won today, so we ought to be more joyous than that. Good evening, everyone. All right. Our time is short, so I'm going to ask you to turn to Acts chapter 17 tonight. And I got another title. I didn't know I was president. There's, There's someone I know over there. You've been behaving yourself? I already know that. <laughs> this is our 488th Expo on the Road. We've been traveling since 2010. Our presenter tonight was going to show you all the science and everything. He had to work, mandatory work. So that leaves y'all with me. And I'm just the executive director. I'm not a scientist. I couldn't show you and I couldn't show you no science, but I'm a preacher. I can share the word of God. So you'll just have to suffer with me tonight. Next time we'll have, hope to have our, our presenter available to share. But Acts chapter 17, we're going to look at a very familiar passage of scripture. And the setting is Paul is in Athens, Greece. And uh, the place is Mars Hill. And let's look at, start with, well, first of all, first of all, every time I preach somewhere, my folks ask me, Pastor, did you move them? And I got to tell them the truth. I'm going to move y'all right now. Everyone, please stand. (laughs) I got to tell them I moved you. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, we're so grateful tonight to be back here at South East Baptist Tabernacle with my dear brother and friend, uh, Pastor John Ray. 
Now, Father, we just pray tonight that you just allow us these few minutes just to share the importance of creation through the scriptures, and we'll give you the praise. We love you, and we thank you for this season, the greatest season on planet Earth, the time our Savior was came, was born, came, and did what he had to do, and then hung, bled, and died for us. So tonight, let your will be done, and we'll give you the praise and all honor and glory in Jesus' name. And the people of God will say, Amen. Amen. Now, if you run into, you may be seated. If you run into somebody from my church, Zion Unity Baptist Church, we're inner city ministry, and I often say we're in the hood. My folks don't like that, so I say we're in Phil Stringer's community. He was born in where my church is at, Phil Stringer. You know Phil Stringer? Y'all know Phil Stringer? Okay, well, thank God we're in the hood. Somebody got to be there. (laughs) Here in this Acts chapter 17, we're going to start at verse 16. Now, while Paul waited for them at Athens... His spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. And we know idolatry is the worship of idol gods. Let me give you an example here. I can make this billfold I have in my hand a god, but dare not let somebody steal it from me. My god is gone. Worship of idol gods is not a good thing. You've got to worship the true and living God. You want a God that will do something special for you, like the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But here, this picture here in, in, in Acts chapter 17, it, it looks like Chicago. It looks like Indianapolis. It looks like America. We are wholly given over to idol gods. Evolution is one of them. And I've got news for you. I wouldn't look this well if I came from a baboon, gorilla, or goo. And you wouldn't either. That's what we're battling, the worldview of the truth versus the lie. Charles Darwin His stuff is called science fiction. It's not true. You didn't come from evolution. You came from the hands of a creator. Now I want you all to turn real quick. This is is not part of the sermon, but I want to show you something. 1 Timothy 6, verse 20. And when you get there, somebody stand up and read that for me. But that's what they're teaching our kids in schools, that evolution is science. And science is twofold, as you somebody find that you find that scripture. Hold on, hold tight. Science is twofold: that which has been observed, or that which has been proven. We have never seen evolution, and I got some uh, news for you: you'll never see it either, and it's never been proven. They're still looking for missing links, and I would say something that would, but I don't say it anymore. But there's no missing links. 
Read that first Timothy six twenty for me, please. O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust, avoiding profane and vain babblings, and oppositions of science, falsely so called. What do you think that oppositions of science falsely so called is? Y'all want to take a guess? Evolution. The God, the real God, knew one Charles Darwin would come up with some foolishness. That's why he put it in the book. Thank God we have a God that knows everything. He knows you. He knows me. He knows his creation. Praise his holy name. But let me say this. Because of evolutionary teaching, we have a crisis in Christianity. Our kids are being inundated, lied to, brainwashed. They need our help. Now, in 2009, Ken Ham wrote a book called Already Gone. Are y'all familiar with that book, Ms. Ken Ham? They're companion ministry to Creation Evidence Expo. They've just been serving a lot longer. We're in our 18th year of service. We've been in 16 countries and 16 states. More to come. But in that book Ken Ham wrote, Already Gone, he said, by the time our kids leave high school, they've already walked away from the faith. Why? Because they wasn't getting answers for what I believe in this Jesus or this creation. Because evolution seems so appealing that it seems like it's real, but it ain't. But Ken wrote that, and, and that is true. Let me give you some statistics. 1,600 pastors quit the ministry monthly according to Burner Research. 5,000 churches close annually. Almost 3 million people of faith are walking away. That's a crisis in Christianity. What will the church look like 10 years from now? What will Southeast Baptist Tabernacle look like 10 years from now? We're losing our children. And if we lose our children, us old folk going to die off. You see, I had to take that railing up tonight. You know why? Because I got, I got a bad knee. Getting ready to have knee replacement. Anybody had knee replacement in here? Well, talk to me afterwards. I'm, kinda, I'm not for it, but I ain't got much choice. <laughs> it hurts all the time. Amen. So we have a crisis in Christianity. So here... In Mars Hill is a picture of America today with its evolutionary teachings. But Paul stood in the midst of them, and let's look at verse 22, because I've got a, most of my sermons are about two hours long. Now you laugh, but I'm serious as a heart attack. Eh? <laughs> two hours long, but tonight I'm going to give you all the kiss version. I know presumption will get you in hot water. Keep it short, stupid. No, that's not my kiss version. It's keep it short and sweet. Amen? Is that K-I-S-S? <laughs> Look at verse 22 here. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things 
ye are too superstitious. Verse 23, for as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you. Now, these philosophers and intelligent people, and they are intelligent, they just have been brainwashed. But here at Athens, they, they knew there was an, another God. They just didn't know who he was. So they had this big stone in the midst of them to the unknown God. And Paul said, I, I guess I better straighten this, this matter out and, and tell them who the unknown God is to them. But can I tell you all tonight, he's not unknown to me. If you have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, not, he's not unknown to us. The world's the ones searching for who is God. And let me tell you this one thing. There is no such thing as, as atheists or agnostics. Romans chapter 1 says, clearly, when they knew God, they didn't glorify him as God, but became vain in their imagination, and their foolish heart was darkened. There's no atheists or agnostics. They know there's a God. They just won't humble themselves to him. But I got some news for you tonight. You'll either humble yourself now or you'll humble yourself later. You will humble yourself before this almighty God. Amen? Praise God for the truth. So Paul begins in, oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you what the title of this message is. Starting from creation to Christ. For you note takers, starting from creation to Christ is the title of the message. So Paul starts at verse 24 because trying to start them off with Christ, it won't work. They don't believe in Christ. They don't believe in a Jesus. So you've got to start with his handiwork, creation. So in verse 24, he begins at creation to lead them where he wanted them to go, and that's to Christ. Look at verse 24. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he dwelt, he's Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Neither is worship with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. So Paul, with people that are hung up on philosophy and think they are so smart that they're stupid, really, he starts off with the beginning. If you notice, how many times did Jesus refer to in the beginning? Why do you keep saying in the beginning? Because he knew Genesis was important. And if they get rid of Genesis, you know, how are you going to know that there was a creation if we didn't have Genesis. Three important things in the book of Genesis. Number one, the creation. Number two was the fall, chapter three. And number three, Genesis 3.16, the coming of Christ. So if you get rid of Genesis, you have gotten rid of the creation, the fall, and the coming Messiah. Very important. And so Paul begins here in the creation, 
And I believe Paul was such a wise man and, and very intelligent in the scriptures. Now let me ask y'all a question tonight. How often do you read your Bible? Don't try to answer me. <laughs> how often do you read your Bible? You'd be surprised how many people in our churches don't read the Bible. They're counting on Pastor John or, or me to give them the scriptures. Second Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show yourself what? Approved unto God that you need not. Y'all going to help me? Study to show yourself approved that you. Thank you very much. She's, she's in the word. It's important that you study the scriptures. And I believe when Paul was dealing with these people about creation, this is what comes to my mind. I believe he started off with uh, Psalms 8 and 1. Let me read that for you. Psalms 8 and 1. All right, are we ready? Here we go. I believe he, he shared this with the people here at Athens, Mars Hill. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set thy glory above the heavens. And in verse 3, I believe he shared this. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, which thou hast ordained. What is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visited him? He starts off with telling these folks, very intelligent, but you don't know the God of creation. He talks about he created everything, sun, moon, and stars. Then I believe Paul went to uh, Psalms 19, verse 1, and that says to us, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. You can't go out and look up in the heavens and, and not see the hand of God. Has anybody, uh, do anybody in here fly often? Fly airplanes? Yeah. When you're flying those clouds, can't you see the glory of God of those clouds? Now, of course, I enjoy flying when the, the plane ain't dancing. <laughs> when, it, when the plane is dancing, I don't enjoy that. You know what I'm talking about, dancing? Be up there, there ain't no time to be up there rocking and rolling up with, with me on board. Amen. You land the plane and take the next group up there. But it's beautiful to see the, the heavens declare. Then I believe another scripture came to uh, Paul's mind as he was teaching these people about the truth of creation. Psalm 146.6 says this, which made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that's therein is which keepeth true forever. That is creation. Creation is important 
to unbelievers. You can't take them right to Jesus. It ain't going to work. You got to start off at the bottom. And let me say this. Did you not know creation is the foundation of the Christian life? Y'all know that? Matthew chapter 7. Jesus talked about you either build your house on sand or you build your, your house on rock. If you build your house on sand, Jesus said, the winds and the waves will descend, and guess what? Your house will what? Wash away. But if you build on the rock, the winds and the waves, when it hits your, found, hits your foundation, guess what? You'll stand because you're on the rock. Creation is the rock of our faith. It's very important. What are you standing on if you don't have a foundation? I don't know anything stands without a foundation. That's what creation is. That's our foundation. Praise God, Jesus is our creator. He's our savior. He's our Lord. And he's coming back again sooner than later. Amen? So creation is important. And then I believe Paul ended his discussion with these folks in Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. He starts off foundationally with creation. Now he moves on, and, and this, is, this is, I always like this, this next uh, segment of Paul's discussion with these people here. Verse 26, listen to this. And have made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth and have determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. Paul now moves to mankind. Folks, this may make you mad. But preaching either makes you mad, glad, or sad. Amen. <laughs> Y'all laughing. I'm serious. Amen. Paul lets us know there's one blood. One human race. I don't know if you all know this, but Darwin was a racist. Yes, he was. Did anybody in here know about Planned Parenthood? If you do, raise your hand. Anybody know anything about Margaret Sanger? You know what her end game was? Thought you never asked me. She wanted to get rid of black people. Aren't you glad she didn't secede? I wouldn't be standing before you tonight, and Leroy wouldn't have been singing. That's evil. And her whole, whole thing was that we didn't evolve to whites. I don't see that in the scripture here. I do see that one blood. And my brothers and sisters, if you're in Christ, we're one blood. Now, I need to have a volunteer, and I know I'm not going to finish this sermon tonight. I already know that. I knew when I started I wasn't going to finish it. So I'll, I'll say part two next time I come, okay? I need a volunteer. Somebody come real quick. All right, come on, sister.
I want to show you something. I want to leave here tonight with you guys all blessed. Amen? You want to be blessed tonight? All right, come on up here. Now, I want to dispel this once and forever. There are no white people. <laughs> Do you hear what I said? There are no white people. Come on over here. You don't have, I ain't going to bite you. This paper is white, right? You're peach? I don't care. All I can tell you, you're not white. Amen? Thank you. Thank you, my sister. And the suit I have on is, is black. And I'm not black. Neither is Leroy. There are no black and white people. That was Darwin trying to divide the creation. God made us one blood, one human race. Ain't no black race, no white race, and no yellow race. Ain't no brown race. We're all one. And, and I, and I want to give you, and, and I, I'm, I'm going to stop at seven. Unless, unless y'all say, well, pastor, let this preacher go. A few extra minutes, amen. But if I don't get no few extra minutes, I'm going to stop, and next time I come, I'll finish this, okay? All right? Let me give you this. I really, this is very important to me. We've got to get rid of this racial attitude. There is no black and white, red and yellow in the body of Christ. One blood. One human race. And if you in that, if you in the body of Christ, we are brothers and sisters. And if you don't like me, don't plan on going to heaven. First <laughs> John five twenty and twenty one says, if you say you love God, who you have not seen, and hate your brother that you see every day, you're a liar. How can you say you love God and you don't love your brother? Let me give you a, 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 a deeper truth here. In, in uh, Philippians, not Philippians, uh, the devil is going to steal my thought here. Oh, man, this is terrible. But let me, First uh, Peter 1, thank you, Holy Spirit. 18.19 says this, that, let me read this, because Satan want to steal this thought, and I cannot let him do it. Amen. This is very important, and I'll stop. First Peter chapter 1, listen to this. First Peter chapter 1. You listen to this very closely. This is very important. And if you don't remember anything else I said tonight, please don't forget what I'm about to give you. First Peter chapter 1 says this. Are you ready? Are you ready? Amen. All right. Thank you for telling me you're ready. I am too. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, 
Verse 19, so important, so important. But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that places us in the family of God. And the truth is, we are, if you believe the Bible, we are blood brothers and sisters. The songwriter said, what can wash away my sin? What can make me whole again? Oh, precious is that flow. The truth is, if you're in Christ, as I am, we are blood brothers and sisters. And don't you forget that. Amen? So thank God I've got a new group of folks that's my blood brothers and sisters. Dr. Carl Ball is, is the co-founder of this ministry. And I was preaching in Salt Lake City. I was asked, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap up. And, and I'll come back another time, Pastor John, and finish this sermon. Because i got four more points, but I ain't going to finish it tonight. But I was in Salt Lake City, and, and uh, Dr. Carl Ball... He and I co-founded the ministry, and he was there. And as I'm preaching, a pastor asked me, uh, Pastor Boyd, will you preach how to win black people to the Lord? And I'm going to tell you, I got as red as y'all do. It just didn't shine through. I mean, I was so mad, I didn't know what to do. And I just, the Holy Spirit said, just preach. So Mark 16, 15, 16, preach the gospel to every creature. At the end of the preaching, there was eight people got saved. The gospel still saves. Y'all hear me? Gospel still saves. And the blood also works too. Amen? I've had some uh, preachers say the gospel don't work anymore. And the blood doesn't. They're foolish. They're messed up. Joel Osteen and crowd like that. All right. I didn't mean to mention Joel Osteen. <laughs> Will y'all forgive me? I'm sorry about that. But anyway, I get back because I got a couple minutes here. And so, after I got through preaching, and I said to that crowd, and it was mostly y'all's color, and I was, I was, you know, I'm, I'm there lonely. Of course, when I'm in those settings, I say, well, I'm cream. And you guys are sugar. <laughs> and a good cup of Folgers coffee, cream sugar, good to go. And I said to him, I said, I was asked to preach how to win black people to the Lord. Galatians chapter 1, Paul said, if I or any angel or anybody come with any other gospel, let them be anathema, the Greek word anathema, let them be a curse. And I said to folks, ain't but one gospel. I can get a few more amens here. Ain't but one gospel. And I said, I was asked to preach this message, and the, and the one asked me to preach it was back there in the auditorium praying. He should have been praying before he asked me. He down like this trying to pray. Too late. But I said the deeper truth was 1 Peter chapter 1, 18 19. You have not been redeemed. And I shared those scriptures. And I said the real truth is if you're in Christ, 
as I'm in Christ, we are blood brothers and sisters. And Dr. Carl Ball, at the end of that service, came up to me and said, my blood brother. Parent, anytime Carl Ball calls me, what does he say? My blood brother. The truth, the Holy Spirit worked in his heart. I hope it works in your heart and realize that we're, it's the blood of Christ, one blood. That's what, that's what Paul was telling the people at Athens, Greece. We're one human race, one blood. Thank God for the one blood. So I'm going to stop here. The, the next part of this message is uh, Christ, and, and I'm going to just talk about that just a hot second. Verse number, verse number, okay, verse number 28 says, For in him we live, move, and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. He takes them now to Christ. In him, saints, we live, move, and have our being. I'm going to end with this. I've got a couple of minutes overtime here tonight. Will y'all forgive me for the couple of minutes overtime? Let me end with this for the night. Uh, what woke you up this morning? Hmm? Most people tell me the alarm clock. All right, if that's so, will you take the alarm clock to the uh, uh, cemetery or take it to the morgue or take it to the funeral home? And if, I guarantee you this, if something moves when the alarm clock is supposed to be dead, moves, there's going to be a transition. I'm going to trade places with the deceased. Amen. <laughs> Just this, and then I'm done. I was, I was, I heard this told that a guy worked for a, a funeral home, and uh, his job was to worship the bodies, get them ready for to be embalmed and so forth. And so, you know, sometimes those bodies get air trapped in them, and if that air trapped in them, they'll rise up or something. I never had that situation, but he was he was telling this. He said one of those bodies rose up and he was getting he was running out of there and the undertaker said, Where are you going? He said, I'm getting out of here. Why? You supposed to be getting this this the body ready for for uh embalming. He said, Well I was I was washing him up as you asked me to and then he, he, he started talking. He, he rose up on me. And I said to myself, if he can rise up and talk, he can clean himself. <laughs> One blood. In him, saints, we live, move, and have our being. Father, we're so grateful tonight. Paul, his journey there at Mars Hill and there in Athens, Greece, he started off with creation and led them to Christ and let them know he's the reason we live, move, and have our being. 
And you read on in the text, you'll find that uh, when it's all said and done, he started talking about repentance. Verse 30, talking about repentance, time to repent. The time of this ignorance, God winks. He wants every man to repent. That leads to salvation. And in the end of the, the account, some believed, some doubted, and some said, we will hear you another time. And so, Lord, I, I pray tonight that we'll understand this creation is, is, is true, evolution is not. And I pray, Lord, that we have left enough information here tonight at Southeast Baptist Tabernacle for us all to know that we are created in his image and his likeness. Now help us to spread the truth everywhere we go and let people know creation is true and evolution is not. And we'll give you the praise, the honor, and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask the pianist to come. Are you already there? Now, you, you're, getting, you're getting scared now. You think I'm going to sing. No, I stick with preaching. But I'm going to ask y'all to stand tonight, and then Pastor John is going to come. And uh, I want us to think about what can I do as a Christian to stand for the truth. God is counting on each one of us to name the name of Christ, to stand for him, make a difference. The only way you're going to turn people from the darkness to the light is they got to see the light. It's up to each one of us to decide. Lord, Isaiah 6, 8. Isaiah, in the right place, at the right time, right condition, overheard the Trinity say, who will go for us? Or who shall we send? Isaiah, by the way, folks, was a volunteer. He volunteered. If you're in Christ, we're volunteers too. You know what Isaiah said? Here am I, Lord. Send me. What the world would look like if every one of us in here would say, Here am I, Lord. Send me. Let's play I Surrender All. And the altars is open if you want to come and commit yourself to the Lord. And let's, let's stop being like the skeleton. You know why the skeleton don't, don't come out of the closet? Somebody in here will say, you don't have any guts, you're right. That's why we ain't doing what we ought to do. We don't have the guts to do so. Let's say yes, Lord, to his will, to his way. I surrender all. And then if you want to come to the altar and say, Lord, here am I, send me. Why don't you do that tonight? Heaven rejoices when God's children humble themselves under the mighty hand of God and say, Lord, here am I. He needs us. He needs the body of Christ to be the body of Christ. He needs us to overturn this evil, wicked, ungodly teaching of evolution. He needs us to stand for Christ and let the world know he lives and he does live. I surrender all. God bless you all tonight. Now, young man, or sister,
I'll take a hand if you want to give me a hand. <laughs>